Yo, yo, what's up, Rex? Can you hear me? Yo, Mike, I can hear you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. I woke up an hour ago. It was the earliest I woke up in, God, a month or so. So I, I'm, I'm ready, man. Yeah, I'm on coffee number two, so I'm I'm ready. I'm ready oh to go. God. Yeah. Well, I just drank half a yerba. Do you know what a yerba is? I don't know what a yerba is. Tell me. It's like this organic energy drink. It's really popular in uh, Boulder and like just Colorado in general. Mm-hmm. So add a half of that. But yo, I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm psyched for episode one. Same here, man. Same here. So uh, a little introduction. My name is Mike Perry. I'm 25. I live in upstate New York. I'm a huge NBA fan, Knicks fan, and I'm really excited to be here. Well, my name's Rex Foster. Big Nuggets fan, uh, big sports fan in general, uh, from Denver, Colorado, go to school in Boulder, I'm um, sophomore in college, and I couldn't be more psyched to be doing this uh, with my good friend Mike from New York, so <laughs> yeah, Mike, th- thanks for inviting me to this, like, I, I, I'm just so psyched to do this. Yeah, shout out to the lead for uh, bringing Rex and I together, that's, you know, we both write for the lead, so check that out too. Um, you want to dive right into our, our first segment here, the, the rapper-player comparisons? Sure. So what me and Mike have discussed is that every episode for half of it, we're going to do like a rapper-player comparison. So Mike's going to give me two rappers. I'm going to give Mike two rappers. And then we're going to give a player, an NBA player comparison on who greatly, I guess, like, fits each other and so we're gonna do that for about 10-15 minutes every episode a little bit more a little bit less maybe um but yeah mike um so for the so first one we're just doing one rapper right for the first one we're just doing one okay every okay. other episode or actually every episode after this is gonna be two okay okay just, just to just to get us started off so i'll i'll, I'll kick it off you you gave me Vince Staples. We both gave I I gave you an East Coast rapper. You gave me a West Coast rapper. So you gave me Vince Staples. I think the NBA player who most closely represents Vince Staples would have to be Demar Derozan. Both from oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Both from Compton. This may be controversial. Both out of their primes. You know when Demar first came into the league, he was like one of the most athletic. Uh, he never really had a great three point shot, but he was definitely one of the best scorers. Vince Staples, again, this is arguable, is out of his prime. When he was doing all that stuff with Odd Future, Joey Fats, Aston Matthews, I think that was really his prime. And now that he's kind of out of his, he's just making the kind of music that he wants. Uh, Similar to kind of like Earl Sweatshirt, like they don't really care about topping the charts. They just want to make the music that they find interesting, I guess. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind of... I guess you could say they're... Uh I was going to say, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, he's not really an all-star form anymore. Like, he's still a very good rapper, and per se, DeMar DeRose is a very good basketball player. I wouldn't really perceive DeMar DeRose as being an all-star. I mean, they can still both give you, like, 30 a night, though. You know what I mean? Like, Vince Staples will still go on a feature and kill, kill a verse, you know? Right, but, like, I guess what I'm saying is, like, in 2015, 
I guess that was really been Staples' prime uh, with um, Summertime 06. That being, I, in my opinion, his best album. DeMar DeRozan, like, going to the Eastern Conference Finals with Kyle Lowry. I would say, like, those were kind of both of their primes. So, yeah, that's fair to say for both, like, I guess, quote-unquote, out of their primes. Now, <clears throat> a point that I wanted to... Producing at a lesser level. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But a point I wanted to bring up was... um there's kind of like a lion in the jungle in both of their respective areas. As in, DeMar never got to the NBA Finals because of LeBron. Um, Vince Staples was never necessarily the king of LA or the king of, like, Kendrick, right? Uh, Right, Vince had Kendrick, DeMar had LeBron. Now, whether or not you want to say Kendrick is LeBron is a whole other discussion, but... No, I, I, I get what you're saying. That's that's totally fair. I mean, Vince Staples is a hard one, but I, I really like the DeMar DeRozan comparison because when I was giving you Vince Staples, I was like, oh, God, this is really interesting as to who he's going to pick. But I really think DeMar DeRozan hits the spot um, with the Vince Staples comparison. So I, I, I really fuck with that one. <laughs> and, I mean, there's a number of guys I could have picked, but I felt like based upon a number of factors, you know, like age, where they're at in their careers, uh, who who they are rivaled up against. It all just works so well. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, all right, so, like I gave you Vince Staples, a West Coast rapper, you gave me a boogie, formerly known as a boogie with a hoodie. And this was a hard one. I, I, I had to think about this one for a little, but my comparison ultimately, ultimately came that down to D'Angelo Russell, even though he's not from uh, New York. But I, I just thought they both had, like, their biggest years, per se, in 2018, with, like, the boogie uh, with Huddy season. I, I thought that was his, I guess, highlight of his career so far. And then, like, you could say D'Angelo Russell's, I guess, peak of his career would be in Brooklyn, that very fun Brooklyn squad with Karis LeBird, okay. Jared Allen for a little bit, Spencer Dinwiddie. So I thought like those have been their like biggest years so far, and they both have like they're both still so young and have like still so much to prove and they have so much potential. Like a boogie's what like 25, 26? I don't know. I feel like he just started to blow up five years ago. Yeah. Or six years ago or something like that. And D'Angelo Russell, I mean, former number two overall pick in 2015. I mean, he still has a lot of potential left, too. And, uh, I mean, this leads me to my third point. I mean, they both have had a lot of highs and lows in their, uh, I guess, relatively, quote-unquote, young careers. I mean, all of D'Lo's career hasn't been peaches and cream. Uh, he has... <laughs> gone quiet for a year then makes a hit another year i mean they're just both they just both have a lot of highs and lows they're both very young i guess people and uh they're years far around the 2017 2018 mark so i thought d'angelo russell would be a fair comparison for a boogie i feel like i feel like 
uh, I could be wrong. I feel like A Boogie has like beef. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he had beef with like yeah. Uzi. He had beef with I don't know if I'm like Lil TJ. D'Angelo Russell had that whole thing with Nick Young. We all remember that. I I feel like they've also both plateaued. It's so hard to say that, though, because they're both so young. And this is D'Lo's opportunity to, like, redeem himself, right? I don't know that A Boogie's going to have that same opportunity that D'Lo really has. You know, with with Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, etc. It's just so weird because A Boogie's just, I don't know, he, he just seems like he's hot for a year, then he's not hot for a year, then... He, he 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 may be kind of like a, a fifteen minutes of fame kind of guy, you know. He he may just come and go. You know, it it, it seems like he's yeah, on the decline. Maybe I mean it's just so hard to tell with with music and and rap specifically because people could just be in the spotlight for a little, then totally not be in the spotlight for a little, and you don't you just don't know what's going on with their career. But. I don't know. I thought D'Angelo Russell was a was a fair comparison. No, I think it's a good one. You know, if he had stayed in Brooklyn, it'd, it'd be perfect, but obviously... Oh, it'd be perfect. <laughs> He's uh, very far but, from Brooklyn. But yeah, no, that 2018 Brooklyn Nets team was super, super fun. The 2018-2019 one. That was like... Kenny Anderson is the coach, and... That was like arguably the most um, memeable NBA bench mob, right? Like, they were always... um. Yeah, yeah. Who's that that big? I can't. Alan Williams? My Hold on. You know who I'm talking about? Alan Williams. Yeah, yeah, Alan. it was him. Jared Allen was there for a year. Jared Dudley Jared No, Jared Allen. Allen was there, but Alan Williams was like injured. He was in like a uh like a I I'd have to look up the meme and send it to you. But you know what I'm talking about where they're all I, doing that I I, I don't even that. know what that dance is called. You know what I'm talking about, though. I, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> we're we're the Playboy Cardi. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> One of my favorite NBA memes. That that team and meme were oh, it was just so good. It was such a good. It was such a good moment. Then they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and became a true big market franchise. Oh, oh, watch, watch yourself, watch yourself. We got a Nets fan in here, Bryce. Hey, hey, what, what can I say? I mean, <laughs> that kind of leads us into our next segment here, I guess. Yes, sir. Um, previewing the Atlantic Division, because Brooklyn, for me, um, we, we, so, before this episode, we predicted our Eastern Conference standings, and both of us had Brooklyn as the projected number one seeds, Correct. I just think they had the best offseason out of truly any other team in the NBA, which is just so, I guess, unique for such a strong and highly suited franchise. Like that Patty Mills signing that they had to come off the bench, especially with the Kyrie and James Harden injuries last year. What a hell of a signing. I believe they signed them for a little bit over the minimum. So I, I just felt like that was an incredible signing by Sean Marks. I feel like they really hit in the draft with Cam Thomas. I really like that center from North Carolina, Sharp. Just to, I guess, add some more young pieces into their team full of veterans. Resigning Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown. Oh, God, LaMarcus Aldridge returned. I mean, they just really didn't miss this offseason. 
Also, I uh, a big not that it necessarily mattered because I really think if they were healthy, they would have won it all last year. But a big question mark for them obviously was defense, and a low key get that they had was Javon Carter via the trade for Landry right. Shamit. People don't realize how good right. Javon Carter is on defense. Like he's literally a shutdown. I shutdown guard doesn't sound that impressive, but like if you want someone who can lock up a point guard. Javon Carter is your guy, and I th- I think that's valuable personally. He played he played with Phoenix last year, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, that was a that was also a very underrated um, signing or, or trade, I should say. Even though Landry Shamit's a really good player in my opinion, but I mean, when you've got a team just full of offensive players, it makes sense to trade for a Javon Carter who can guard uh, your oh no your your point guards with. God, I'm forgetting what point guards are in the East right now. Well, Drew Holiday. Oh my God, it, it's 8 a.m. over here. So, <laughs> uh, Drew, you know, Drew, Drew Holiday, uh, Derek Rose. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm gonna have to say, uh, Kemba Walker. Know. Yeah, yeah, no, you, we, you know, so, the good guards. You know, James Johnson. Uh, another, you know, they need defense. They went and got James Johnson. I think the NBA just gets smaller and smaller every year, and James Johnson's gonna be great. I think he can play the five if Durant's on the floor at the four. <clears throat> as long as you, as you have someone who can like kind of help him on the boards, a la Kevin Durant, uh, James Johnson should be fine at the five. And that's going to be just hell. Bruce Brown could also be at the five. Bruce, Bruce Brown was at the five. He played the five, and he looked great last year. I mean, he was their, I, I guess, quote-unquote, only true defensive, I guess, player last year i mean would you say i mean kevin durant's a good defender but bruce brown like really i guess glued in the pieces for that nets team last year with playmaking with uh screening off the short roll with cutting with perimeter defense with interior defense i mean Um, he was really an underrated piece for them last year and not a lot of people really know it so re-signing him for what two years yeah that was very that was a very, 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 very clutch re-signing for Brooklyn that kind of went underlooked by most NBA fans. I don't know that he can recreate it, but Bruce Brown showed Defensive Player of the Year flashes last year, for sure, for sure. And he's, what, 6'5", and he was playing guards 1 through 5, or positions 1 through 5? I mean, that's just yeah, that's just super impressive. That's just some P.J. Tucker stuff. That's some big Draymond vibes. Or you can go a little bit shorter than Draymond too. He's like what six five? Draymond's six seven. Six six. Dray- Draymond's like six, six seven six. in shoes, and then like six six without shoes. But we don't really need to get that specific. Right. Yeah, I mean, same type of player. Bruce Brown is just such an important piece for for the Nets. It was very clutch of them to re-sign uh, him to a two-year, then signing Blake to a minimum. I thought that was very key. I mean, Blake looks like Blake Griffin last year instead of Detroit Pistons Blake Griffin. Um, so adding him back on a, on a minimum contract was very, very clutch for the Nets. I don't know. Sean Marks is, besides Masai Ujiri, I think Sean Marks is honestly the top executive in the, in the NBA, along with Sam Presti. God. I can agree. Oh no, there's a yeah. We're we're going we're going too deep into Brooklyn. We're going too deep into Brooklyn. We gotta we gotta move on to the next team, but yeah, right. We can go on and on about them. Right. 
what Atlantic team do you want to talk about next? Let's do the Sixers. Okay. So, so <laughs> I had the Sixers um, projected to finish third in the East. Okay. You had them projected to finish fifth. Yes. So just tell me a little bit about that. So, against the Hawks last year in the playoffs, they just looked like shit. I don't think that Doc Rivers has the locker room whatsoever. He's got Tobias Harris. That's great. But other than that, like, it, uh, Embiid is a very emotional, mental player. You know what I mean? It, it's all in his head. And He's it's, also a very committed player. No, for sure. But that, you know, that's a uh, two-sided thing. Like, he either loves you or he hates you. So, there needs to be some kind of improvement there. Where they land with the Ben Simmons trade it determines a lot of this, but the Ben Simmons trade situation keeps looking worse and worse and worse, which is partially why I have them so low. I don't think it's going to turn out well for them whatsoever. I don't think Embiid's health is going to look good this year, not to be that guy. And besides Embiid, their team looks like a, a 500 team. So, yeah, uh, that's that's my explanation. Uh, that's very fair. Um, I thought they also made a very underrated signing in free agency with uh, George's Niang. I mean, as a Nuggets fan, uh, watching the Jazz um, very often, Niang is that good four who can stretch the floor for you. I mean, and that's what you really need when you play uh, with Joel and B. And I guess Ben Simmons for, we'll see, however long. But uh, getting back George Hill, I thought was very nice. I, I think Maxie's prone to have a breakout year. I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of stock in Maxi, <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously, a lot of what the Sixers do is um, centered around Ben Simmons. So we'll see where that really, I guess. And I, I hate. Takes off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna argue with you here. They, they, you can say that they made those signings, but they also signed on um, Andre Drummond. So, like, what the hell are we talking about here? Like. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you have Joel Embiid, you have Joel Embiid, and you sign Andre Drummond. Like it's just boneheaded. It makes no sense. Yeah, I, not, I'm, I'm not agreeing with all the decisions Daryl Morey made this offseason. I mean, definitely replacing Andre Drummond or replacing Dwight Howard with Andre Drummond wasn't the best move. But I, I've just got a lot of stock in Maxi Embiid's again prone for another MVP year. Uh, Sh- Shake Milton. Shake Milton. Shake Milton, um, but you could trade Bradley or you could trade Ben Simmons for so many different pieces that can actually combine well with Joel Embiid. Like whether it's a CJ McCollum, and or I, I really think there needs to be a third team that needs to be involved. Yeah, with Ben Simmons trade. It's just it's just such a deep trade that's going to affect the Sixers for a long time. So I, I really just don't think they should rush it. We're going to see what happens um, by the trade deadline, but getting Bradley Beal, even though I just feel like that's very unlikely, would obviously be super awesome for the Sixers. And it could be a player we're not even thinking about either. Oh, you know what someone brought up on Nick's Twitter was Ben Simmons to the Knicks. And initially I was like, hell no, absolutely not. But like, the more I thought about it, we had Alfred Payton last year. That was horrible. That's very true. Horrible. And Tibbs, (laughs) Tibbs loves a defensive point guard, and he does not give a shit about three point shooting. So it's it's a match made in heaven. 
Uh, I think Tibbs would just re reinject confidence into Ben Simmons, and I I think, you know, we have enough three point shooting that it would work out. I I I'd like to see it. I would like to see it. Yeah, but but do you want Julius Randle? I guess just to lead your offense. I mean, I would counter I, you with RJ's getting better, and we got Fournier and Kemba, and IQ's on the rise, and Derrick Rose is coming off the bench, and so is Alec Burks. And I guess just to add on to that, I feel like New York's becoming an actual free des- or free agent destination this year for the upcoming off-seasons. I mean, they've really gotten their stuff together with Leon Rose. And New York just looks like an attractive free agent destination to go to. So, Is this our segue I mean, into talking about the Knicks? God, it's just a match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're completely... I mean, I'm a Knicks fan, so I'm going to agree. And really turn that franchise around. I mean, really just turn that franchise around. You know, people can clown the the Noel and Rose and Burke signings all they want, but people forget that, like, you know, we were signing, like, Mike Bibby like a, when he was, like, 38. You know what I mean? Like, we, look, look at the Knicks point guards the last 20 years, and then look, like, we have had one 20-point-per-game scorer, I think. I think it was, like, Stephon Marbury. That's it. That's the list. Hey, don't don't shit on Raymond Felton, my boy Raymond Felton. Oh my God, stop, stop! <laughs> a chubby Norris Cole. But yeah, Norris Cole. I don't know. I liked him on the Heat a lot. But what I was saying about the Knicks, they I, they've just totally flipped their franchise around. I mean, they have young talent, and they're becoming a true free agent destination. I feel like. I mean, what whether it's R.J. Barrett who. I mean, is it just a huge wild card? But he just has so much potential left to be a really a three a three way scorer. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, I've got a lot of stock in like Tyrese Maxey. Obi Toppin looked very dominant in summer league this um, this past couple of months. And uh, Mitchell Robinson, I, I I forgot to bring up Mitchell Robinson, who's been hurt for the past year and has the all time uh, field goal percentage record. So, I mean, they just have a lot of good young talent. I mean, then you add Fournier into the mix. Uh, Todd Gibson's a good mentor to have around top. And Noel, he's a very underrated defensive player. Derek Rose looked very sharp last year. I mean, it, things are really turning around for, for the Knicks, I feel like. I feel like a big part of it is Tibbs, too. Like, um... Oh, a 1,000%. Oh. We, we got a question in the chat. What do you think... What do you think the Knicks ceiling is for wins this year? I have the Knicks at um, um, 40 and 42, but then I also, in our standings predictions, put them at uh, six in the East. So I'm I, every day I change my opinion. <laughs> it's, um, it's a matter of health, obviously, like every team. Um, in my opinion, six is a little too generous. I don't know if you're being a biased. I am. Fan, I am. I put them... I put them I put them in the plan, but also that's because the East just got so much stronger this year. Whether it be Washington improving, Charlotte looking incredible on paper. I mean, a lot of people are very high in Chicago. Indiana has looked good. Miami's looks very good in the offseason. But I, I still feel like New York can definitely 100% make the plan. Uh, I've got them currently ninth, but I wouldn't be shocked if... They went 500 at 41 and 41. I'm torn because I want them to be healthy, but I also want the young guys to get run. And obviously, you know, I'm not rooting for anyone to get injured, but 
I do fear that if right. we are completely healthy, then Miles McBride isn't even going to see the floor this year. You know what I mean? And I, I right. want him to. I don't think he's a G League player. But I just think the biggest thing about the Knicks is they're a free agent destination. I mean, they're a respectable franchise now with Leon Rhodes. I mean, that was the whole point in getting Leon Rhodes. But he's a former agent. Are they a, are they a, a destination or are Tibbs and Ro- Leon Rose just getting like uh, Tibbs knew Kemba through Steve Clifford. Tibbs got Taj Gibson. Oh, Tibbs got Derrick Rose. How did, we, how did we forget about that? Well, I mean, what a hell of a signing. What, Kemba? Eight yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they stole him. They stole him from the Thunder. Don't Don't get me wrong. I love Kemba Walker. I just don't like him for $27, $28 million a year. That's yeah not his value anymore. Well, it was, um, didn't he get that max with the Hornets? Or am I completely off with that? No, he got a max with the Hornets. Then they signed and trade him to the Celtics. Oh, okay. Okay. Then he just was injured on the Celtics for a couple of years. But snagging Kemba for 8 mil, that, that's just a steal. You also have to worry about, I guess, development with that, too, because you've got Rose, Walker, but you still want to, I mean, improve quickly. I mean, I, I just feel like quickly can be I would, a real true starting point guard. I, I agree. I agree. But what I would say to that is quick doesn't need – uh, quickly did not play a lot of like if you look at rookies and minutes last year like he was middle of the pack as far as minutes whereas he was putting up the same numbers as like Anthony Edwards um Tyrese Howell as far as scoring so I don't think that minutes which is odd to say but I don't think minutes necessarily equates to IQ's progression I just think he's just in the gym he's one of those guys who's just in, in the gym constantly same with Maxi. Because him and Maxi both went to Kentucky, and you can see them in the offseason right. working out together. All the, And they say that in their in their interviews, too. I spent my summer working out with... Great in the, right, and they both looked great in the summer league, too. So I just feel like when they're given that opportunity, like they can really shine. But, I mean, they just, they're just surrounded by good guards on their team to mentor them and, and help them and just, I guess, mirror their game. Uh, whether it be... And I'm a, I'm a big George Hill fan, but George Hill on the Sixers... <laughs> Um, then you got obviously Kemba and Derrick Rose on the Knicks. Kentucky point guards are just like my, I, that's my Achilles heel. I, love <laughs> point guards. I also think John Calipari doesn't lie about his players. Like with Kevin Knox, he was like, no. he's got the potential, but you know, he, he's raw. He's, he's not, he's not a great player right now. Was, but wasn't Kevin Knox a football player like throughout high school? I have never heard that. I'm I'm Googling it as we speak. I just don't think Kevin Knox's first sport was basketball until like three or four years before the draft. Like, I, I've just never been high on Kevin Knox. He was too tall to play quarterback, apparently. So he started playing basketball. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he would have been a Brock Osweiler if he, if he stayed in football. Oh, that's, that's insulting. That's insulting Broncos fan. Oh, man. Brock Osweiler. That's... Um, that's an odd me- That's a weird uh, memory in my head. But... People, people shit on Brock Osweiler, but people forget when Peyton Manning was hurt in that 2015 year. He, I mean, he really helped the Broncos. No, he did. He did. But, but then he just got overpaid by Houston, like like no other team. But he just seems like one of those guys where like 
like during like an interview or like a post game press, like they would just like hand him a piece of paper and be like, "Your name is Brock. Here are the answers to the questions." Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. God, how did we get Brock Osweiler? Yeah. Let's wow. let's let's uh bring it back here. So we've we've knocked off the Sixers, the Nets, the Knicks, uh, Celtics. Sure. So okay. So the Celtics had an interesting offseason. Interesting is one way to put it. Least. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I would say, uh, shitty, uh, in my opinion, I uh, like Josh Richardson, right. Al Horford, Ennis Cantor. Right. Um, they brought in right. a new coach. Schroeder. Yeah. For but sure. like, I'm happy that the Knicks didn't sign Schroeder. Like, okay. Dennis Schroeder's a shitty teammate. Can we just say that? Yeah, but ugh, I don't know. I'm just looking back to when he was on the Thunder and when he played with Shide and Chris Paul, and it's just like, I don't know, he's a, he can be a very shitty teammate, but, like, he's still a good player, and, I don't know, getting him for 8 mil, one year 8 mil, I feel like that's a good contract for Dennis Schroeder. No, I agree, and, you know, just as a rental. to his credit, he does have uh, six-man-of-the-year potential, you know what I mean? I mean, I feel like he should have won last year, when he was on the Thunder, when Montrez won it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I, I do think he's going to be starting, though. I think he's going to be starting over Smart. I feel like Smart's still the part and core of that bench. That's up to Udoka. Ime Udoka is uh, is a defensive coach. So, uh, Evan in the chat says, Schroeder is undervalued. He has nasty handles. I will not disagree with that. I agree. He's definitely undervalued. And Schroeder, similar to what I said with MB, like, he, he's a mental guy, right? Like, he, he either loves you or he hates you. He had that beef with Kyrie, which is going to be interesting, by the way. In this division with Kyrie on the Nets, uh, Schroeder on the Celtics, that's just a rivalry brewing right there. So, that's going to be a lot of fun. Right. Um, and, I mean, and a lot of people poked fun at Schroeder this offseason because he fumbled that, like, $72 million bag, which, obviously, I don't think he should have gotten as what he produced last year. But, I mean, thinking for Miller's, I just think that's such a snag. Like, just comparable to the, the Walker signing with New York. I mean... Yeah, yeah. That, that's just a nice rental of a good point guard who can run your offense, score you points, playmake, defend a little. And I'll um, say this. Schroeder could absolutely earn himself another big contract, right? Like, if he plays his ass off and has one of the... He could still have the best uh, season of his career. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like that was that was another setting that went underlooked because so many people clowned Schroeder this offseason. And um, um, circling however, it back, yes. um, Celtics young guys like they extended Time Lord. Uh, my my buddies on the Hoopball Celtics pod, uh, Pat and Lucas, check them out. They said that Nesmith and Pritchard could earn starting minutes potentially. Pritchard Pritchard was the MVP of the summer league in my opinion. He was hooping. He was. He, was so good. he looked like he did not belong in, in a good way. Right. So, right. Nesmith is more of a question mark to me, though. Uh, he's like a th- uh, ceiling is like a three and D guy, and uh, right. he, he I just. just say. I keep smart. Uh, one of my favorite NBA follows. Uh, he's a big Celtics guy. Uh, shared a lot of NBA scouts' thoughts on Nesmith, and he catches the ball too low. He doesn't come quick off of screens. He can't guard people who are bigger or faster than him, which is like 90% of the league uh, in either category. Um, 
don't know. So I, I just feel like he's a very hit or miss yeah. um, player. But, I mean, with the loss of Fournier this offseason, I feel like Naismith or Neesmith can really fill Fournier's role and, like you said, become a good 3-and-D shooter. I mean, like, that's when he was at Vanderbilt. It's just, like, sometimes he tries to outdo his role of, I guess, trying to score more than he can actually produce. If he just spaces the floor, plays good perimeter defense, then he's a good, solid player that uh, Udoka can rely on. And um, they kind of cleared house with their young guys. Like, they were like, okay, we, we drafted some guys we shouldn't have drafted. Like, Carson Edwards, uh, you know, Romeo Langford. Actually, I think they might right. still have Romeo. But my, but my point was, like, they, they kind of said, okay, we fucked up. Let's, you know, regather here and move forward. And I think that was a big part of Brad Stevens' thing. Don't completely I, I burn the house like, down, but, right. like, rearrange it. You know what I mean? Wait, yes, yes. I, oh, no, they just had too much of a good problem. Or, I don't think I said that right. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's what the Nuggets have had for a while. When you have too many young players, and they all try to find the floor at the same time, but you can't really give seven young players the floor. So, like, Carson Edwards, Peyton Pritchard, Romeo Langford. I mean, then you also obviously have Jalen Brown. It's just so hard to put all those players on the floor. But, I mean, they're also, like, very intriguing prospects that I feel like could find a home on a different team. Like, they're not bad players. It's just, like, there's so much competition with Celtics backcourts members. Then then adding Jason Richardson into the mix, I thought that was very questionable. Uh, jo- Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson. But Jason Richardson or would Josh be very Richardson, fun. My bad. No, you're kidding. Um, that'd be fun. Okay, so um, any more thoughts on the Celtics? Or I just want to emphasize how much I do not like Josh Richardson. <laughs> horrible on the Sixers, horrible on the Mavericks. I don't know what Brad Stevens was doing by trading Moses Brown. Oh, man. Or Josh Richardson. I was also big on Moses Brown. I don't know. They, they snagged him from OKC. I thought he was going to be a good young addition in the in the um, front court with Time Lord. Or I'm high on Time Lord. I'm a big Robert Williams guy. Oh, me too. Me too. He's a he's a phenomenal athlete. I one of their best young pieces, obviously, besides Tatum and Brown. But he's also one of the most underlooked front court young players in, in the NBA, in my opinion. I'll say um. I think the Udoka signing was great. I think the first year that a coach has a team, he usually does not do very good. So Except for Nick Nurse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Nick Nurse is Which like is more Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and Nick Nurse is a really good coach. Like I I'll right. go as far as to say he's better than Doc Rivers. Yeah, no, we were talking about Doc Rivers yesterday. <laughs> we neither of us are that high on him. I, I could trash Doc Rivers for Sorry. days. I I was a I was a fan of the 2015-2016 Lob City Clippers, and I just, I just can't get over Doc. <laughs> anyway, I'm eating a granola bar. It's eight thirty-eight here, uh, Mountain Time. Do we want to uh, do the ra- Do we want to do the Raptors, or do we want to save it for next episode? We can do the Raptors real quick. Okay, real, real quick, real quick, real, 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 real quick. Malachi Flynn. I will tell you, Peyton Pritchard was not the MVP in summer league. Malachi Flynn was. Uh, Malachi Flynn looked like a man among boys. He was just dominant. Above the rest of the competition. Sayakam is injured, but they should be okay. Raptors fans seem to think that he's the second coming of Jesus. I disagree. I, I don't think he's that great. But he, the thing with Sayakam is 
he's never going to be your number one guy. And people are so high on the Raptors this year, and I'm like, why? Who is who's leading that team? Who's now that Kyle Lowry's gone? Who's leading that team? Fred Van Bleet? Get the fuck out of here! Well, that that brings me to like, why why should they? Why are they still competing? Like, I just think they should blow it up. Yeah. Like, well, but then you have like OG and Anubi, and you have like Siakam and Fred Van Bleet. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like they're not going to be trading for a first, an All NBA team first player. So, but they. I mean, I mean, Gary, Gary Trent Jr., Gary Trent, uh, U, uh, the Utah signing, Kem Birch, who knows what they get for Dragic. But trade Siakam oh. while his value is not regressing, and believe me, it regressed last year. Oh, big time, trade big Siakam, time. Trade Siakam, what you can get for Van Vliet. I don't know, I trust you, Simon Geary, because... In my opinion, he's still the best GM in the NBA. Yeah, I can agree with that. But when when you have so many young pieces, it's just like I don't know. They they're a team full of good young pieces, and we didn't even mention they got Precious Achua. I forgot. Um, yeah. I mean, no no one talks about that, but they stole Precious Achua from the Heat. Chris Boucher, I'm always high on. Uh, they got Tim Birch, did they? They did. They did. Shout out Zach Lowe. I mean, Birch is probably uh, <laughs> Birch is probably going to start, right? No, I have no clue. Hammer Precious. I, I think Boucher. No, no. Well, you, okay, you okay. To reveal fun. to our listeners, Rex is a Chris Boucher stand. He is biased. Stan. Hey, stand for him, man. Stand yeah. for him. But I'm still going to tell it how it is. Right. But. I don't know. I, they, they're just a team full of young assets. Nick Nurse is a G League coach, or he's a former G League coach, so he's great at development. I, I don't know. I, they could just take their they could take their off season so many different ways, or their uh, regular season so many different ways. I mean, they can compete, but my in my best interest, I feel like they should do a rebuild while they have all these good young players. Well, they have enough assets that they could just like send out like a few even just a few of their young guys and like a few picks that they don't really need and they could get a great return rather than just playing this weird game of we have a bunch of good early 20s mid 20s guys and we're going to throw together this team and kind of see what happens you know it's it's like what what what's your long-term game plan i mean i just don't want them to trade for ben simmons and believe me, I, I'm high on Ben Simmons. I just don't feel like he fits Toronto. I don't know. There's just so many good young pieces there. But it could be for a player that's not even in trade rumors. So And they were in Tampa. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. They were in Tampa last year, and I know a lot of players were pissed off about that, um, not being in Toronto. Just because of the whole COVID thing they, they had to do. By COVID by, they, got, they got more affected by COVID than any other team. Yeah. I mean, really, because they're not playing in Toronto. Yeah. No, big time. Big time. I can, yeah. You're on point with that one. Um, um, so where did you have the Raptors on your um, final standing? <laughs> I have the Raptors as 12th in the standings. I'm, I'm, okay. I hope my buddy S doesn't see that because he's going to yell at me. But um, I just don't what we've been saying for the past five minutes, I'm not very high on them whatsoever. They're going to be a dumpster fire, in my opinion. I don't think they're... Well, I've got them at 11. Okay. I really 
identify them as a dumpster fire, but I feel like they could definitely compete for the play-in. Um, I mean, we'll see what Masai does. Masai's such a... He likes to take risks, as we saw in or 2018 with Kawhi. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll just see what he does, because you really have no idea what Masai's going to do, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did a rebuild. I wouldn't be shocked if they trade for a contender, but... When you have this much young talent, you you can just be so versatile with it. I mean, we gotta we gotta wrap it up here. I could I could keep going, but <clears throat> um, so uh, wrapping up the first show, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you to everyone who listened. We didn't have a ton, but hey, first show, it happens. I'm okay, sure we'll get some our more. First one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna try to we're gonna try to download some episodes on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts maybe on SoundCloud. So, uh, Mike, I, I couldn't be more excited to do this with you this year. For sure, it's man. It's so fun. And I, I couldn't ask for a better person to talk NBA with every week. Aw. Hey, same to you, my guy. Same to you. <laughs> but uh, make, sure you follow, <laughs> make sure you follow both of us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Perry, much so. My last name, much so. Rex is at Rex Foster NBA. Um, we'll have an account for the show going live soon, and like Rex said, we'll get this pod, get these episodes as podcasts on all the platforms soon. We'll be back next Tuesday at 10 a.m. predicting the Central Division, and we'll have some more rapper-player comparisons, which we will have every week. Rex, I hope you have a great rest of your day. You as well, man. All right, take care. Hey, you too. Catch you later. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in.